Jesus people. Welcome to Uncompromised Christians, the podcast that is sold out to the life, ministry, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Yeah, amen. Bringing you the truth from a biblical perspective on today's issues. I am, of course, Robert, joined by my amazing woman of God, my glowing, strengthened, empowered, badass what? shit, yo, <laughs> I'm only talking about Nanette. What's up, Nanette? Hello, hello. I am so happy to just be here and be in this podcast, and I'm excited about this subject that we are about to talk about. This is this is a great subject, and today, uh, well, we're probably going to hit it kind of hard, you know, a little bit hard, and and we're hitting a subject that is blowing up and on fire in our society today, and I think many of us are confused about uh, what we're supposed to do about it, how we're supposed to respond as Christians to the uh, the climate of society today. So today we're going to be discussing critical race theory and social justice. Yeah, we're going to um, begin in our three sections. So just to kind of give you some heads up, if you're like doing something while you're listening to this podcast, I would just tell you to sit back. Um, it's it's going to be deep. It's going to be something that we definitely need to be attentive to, and it's going to be a little bit long. So <laughs> a little bit. And I, and I got to tell you that uh, you know, I may have a little more militant, you know, expression about this <laughs> stuff. My viewpoint is very not not different than the Nets. We're on the same page, but but I have a, a a different thought about it. I think that that comes on maybe a little bit more stronger than sweet and loving the net. She's so kind and gentle. I can be hard. You can, can get it hard. You got it, girl. You got it. You can do it. <laughs> So we're going to start it off just kind of breaking into uh, a three-section type of situation, and we're just going to introduce you with justice, and we're going to go into social justice. Then we're going to go in-depth with critical race theory or critical theory, the word justice, mm, because, you know, this is this is a heavy conversation, and yeah. I'm, I'm excited and I am glad that people are having this discussion because it's not about blindly walking through things. So defining things is really, really important just to make sure that we're on the same page. We're speaking the same language. So as we look at just justice, of course, this is uncompromised Christian. So we're going to look at justice from a biblical standpoint uh, versus when you look at Micah 6, 8 says, he has shown you what is good. Yes. And what does the Lord require of you to act justly and to love mercy and to walk humbly with your God? Come on. First Corinthians 3, 13, 6. And we know all of chapter 13 is all about love. Love. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices in truth. Mm. And lastly, Isaiah 1, 16 Take your evil deeds out of my sight. Stop doing wrong. Learn to do right. Seek justice. Mm, So, you know, looking at justice in its simple form, it just means set things right. Set it right. If you read the entire Bible. Are you talking about righteousness? Yes, I am. Righteousness in God. Yes, I am. With my hand up, that's righteousness. I love it. Love that. Know that justice is a heart issue. I mean, Mm. I really want to... Um, have that be a reflection on us as we have this discussion. It's that relational purpose with God. 
Justice looks at what's good and evil. Why? Because we know that we can get in our own desires, and those desires that do not align up with God commits sin. Mm. And when sin runs its course, it brings death. Yes. Sin is what separates us from God. So justice is not just about that relationship we have with him, right. but it's an extension about our relationship with each other. And I love that. And that's for everyone, right? That's yes. not just for the Christian, the, 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 that's right. the believer, but it's, it's for everyone. Justice is equality. That's right. For everyone. Um, so, uh, when we, when, when we talk about social justice, um, what we hear, what I hear a lot is, isn't, isn't God the Lord of social justice too? But nowhere in the Bible does it even say social justice. You know, in Isaiah 30, it says the Lord is a God of justice. So what's the difference? Social justice is not justice. Justice is getting what you deserve without favor. And social justice is getting what you don't deserve because you are favored. So justice is blind and social justice is not blind. That's right. I think about, you know, I know to the heart of us, and I know you're going to hit on this definition, that when we witness injustice, it hits our hearts. I mean, Mm. we're pulled to stand up against this. That's true. And one of the reasons why we're having this discussion, because what we're seeing is the church and the body Christ have fallen short Mm. in really fulfilling the justice that is needed in our world for quite some time. Yeah. And, and and I agree, and it's really kind of strange when when I think of social justice. Um, I, f- for me, I know what justice looks like. You commit the crime, you you take the responsibility, and you pay those consequences. I know I have. That's yeah, me too, <laughs> in a big way in my life. Um, but social justice says, you know. Um, well, what, 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 what is, why did he do it? Uh, you know, what race is he? Where did he come from? All what's, these other what's outside his background? factors. Right. It's, it's, it's this culmination of he's there for some reason, but then we don't look at the crime that was committed or we don't look at the people that were hurt because of that crime. Um, it, it, uh, social justice points a finger in a different direction. Um, that steers you away from what the crime actually So this was. is kind of like not objective but subjective. Oh, I like it. I don't know why you got to why you got to bring your education <laughs> up in here. Why you got to bring your degree up in here? Shoot. Sure. Sure. This is a blue collar podcast. <laughs> we got it all. We got it all. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, yeah, absolutely. So social justice asks is he guilty? You know, present the evidence in a court of law, and if he's found guilty, he's going to pay for his crimes, right? But social justice not only ask if he's guilty, but it, it asks all these other questions. You know, is he poor? Is he rich? Da 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 da. And um, we know that uh, justice demands that everyone be equal under the law. That's right. Right? And social justice demands that everyone be equal, period, economically, socially, and in every other way, you know? So 
Justice asks who did it. Social justice asks why did he do it. Justice is about owning responsibility, and we've talked about this, you know. And justice is deemed as unfair by advocates. In some cases, it's it's not fair, you know. And and we have to understand and and also not only take responsibility for our crime, but as Christians, we need to take a responsibility uh, with everything that we hear, with everything that we see. We need to have a biblical perspective and a viewpoint. So we need to take everything captive that we hear. And that, that, that also means your church or your church friends or the people that you hang out with, because we can easily be influenced. We already understand that the enemy is working to infiltrate every single part of society. He wants to take over, right? So we need to hold captive everything we hear, everything we see, and then we need to test it against the Spirit and make sure that we are walking forward um, with biblical perspective in everything that we do. Yeah, I, I mean, I really like the fact that you're digging in the fact that we really need to have the right mindset. And mm. I think, you know, this is why it's important to have these discussions. And I, I hope you're hearing this from other people as well, at least from the same viewpoint. And I know when I listen to uh, Bodhi, what's his last name? Bakum. Thank you. Uh, I'm going to quote him real quick. He says, you keep using that word. I don't think you know what that means, Mm. at least in today's society, uh, because you can search out the word social justice. You just Google it and you'll find that there's so, so many different interpretations of social justice. And we have to have this conversation because Mm -hmm. it's been taking a significant role in politics, community, the church, the school. Um, And I think it goes for what we're going to have in this conversation about social justice, critical theory or critical race theory, um, that we have to make sure that this injustice is focused on the right thing and not used for some agenda. Mm. And, you know, I, I hear you talking about the definition of um, social justice, and, and we know that from the Oxford Dictionary, it's it's not a hard issue by right. their definition. Absolutely. That, that the definition is a redistribution of wealth. Um, it has nothing to do with caring or loving or equality whatsoever. And that's why we opened this up yeah. with the true definition. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So it's it's easy for us to get caught up in this scenario, especially as Christians, because we love our brothers and sisters, and we know it's a calling from God to um, to serve other people. You know, in Second Peter, he talks about we're all given gifts um, that that he has equipped us with giftings and that we are to move in our giftings for our calling and our purpose. And that calling and purpose is to serve one another and be good stewards of God's very grace. So when we understand that those gifts aren't just for us, they're, they're, they bless us, but it's to bless other people. And when, as Christians, when we're walking in that, it's easy for us to get caught up in this social justice thing. Um, but we're going to find out. We'll talk about that later. Well, you know uh, what? what? That Since you like. mentioned about our individual gifts and walking that out, like yeah. one of the things that um, I know that I have sat into that we've been in a church environment where it's more about um, 
just focusing on how I can be a better Christian. Oh. So we're, we're sitting in church, we're yeah. listening to our pastor, yeah. you know, we're so focused on us walking that line that we're not even, we're ignorant to the injustice that are, are happening around. This yeah. is the church, yeah. you know, it's not just about you. It's yeah. the great commission. Yeah. It's the extension when John came under the teaching of Jesus Christ in two and a half years, he was out there teaching. Yeah. He was out there discipling. He was out there sharing the gospel. That's he good. was out there addressing the poor, the oppressed, the orphans, yeah. the widows, you know, what it calls for us to walk out in the Bible mm. and our, and the church has fallen short. And that's why yeah. we're in this. Yeah, that's true. Because, um, you know, we were supposed to set the standard. Right. We're supposed exactly. to be the leaders in the community. Um, we are supposed to step up and be the salvation for those out there who couldn't help themselves. And uh, we see that. We see that today that that the church has dropped the ball because we used to have authority in legislation and, and the government used to come to the church right. and say, Hey, you know, how do we exactly. handle this situation? And we don't see that anymore. The church used to be the resource, the source yeah. of reaching out. And yeah, you're absolutely right. Absolutely. It's, and the now, church doesn't look any different than the rest of the world. Sometimes, sometimes it doesn't. And, um, you know, we're in a place now where, um, you know, the church is uh, discrimination talk now. Right. It's, it's hate speech now. Right. Um, and, and we have to be careful with that because I think that can scare a lot of Christians away from what they've been called to do. You know, right. we, we feel like we don't have the, the voice anymore, the freedom to speak on the authority of God. But um, I'm, tell, I'm, I'm telling you now, if there ever was a time to be so bold and speak the truth of God, it is right now. Amen. And I feel like they've been um, backing down and fearful because I've heard you know, Christians, and unfortunately, they're talking the same language as non-Christians, where they will take content out of the Bible about the poor and oppressed, mm. but they don't consider anything else in the Bible. You know, they love the verse that says it's more blessed to give than receive, but unless you believe the one who said it and the entirety of the Bible, because he also says, or it's also in the Bible, have you not then made distinctions among yourselves and become judges? with evil thoughts mm. to show partiality is not good before a piece of bread, a man will do wrong. I mean, they, they're, yeah. they're not consistent and aligning themselves with the word of God. Yeah. And I, I think that's, that's so good because when we look at churches today, um, we're seeing a big, big change in leadership um, such a fear. And I think there's a couple of things that we can attest to. N number one, pastors or church leaders, they don't, they don't want to offend their congregation. Right. So, uh, you know, to side one way or the other is going to, um, kind of alienate part of the church. So, um, that's that's one thing. The other thing is that the word of God is not binding. 
It's not the authority anymore in church, that it's easier for us to side with social justice than it is to get your congregation to start taking responsibility for their sins, to start pointing those things out, because that's who the church is, right? Um, It says, confess your sins to one another, right? But First, before we confess it, we have to understand that we're walking in sin, you know? You can't confess a sin that you don't even know you're covering, but who's supposed to let you know that? It's, it's your church. Through, through their, through what they share, through what the sermon says, we speak, the, the pastor should be speaking truth regardless of what the congregation's feelings are, because this is not a feeling matter. This is a truth issue. And we have to understand that we have to bring the truth in our churches because there are sheep who clearly do not understand biblical justice. I love, love, love that you said that because I really believe that our problem um, for many in the body of Christ says it's been easier to go to church and hear a message on compassion mm. than hold people accountable to biblical standards. Oh, that's good. You know, we yeah. talk about God is love. He's giving. He's holy. Um, more than we hear that God is just, mm. you know, we come in agreement that God set the standard for love, but do you understand he also sent the, set the standard for justice? Mm. We got to look to scripture to define what is right and remember that we're all created in the image of God. And what I just want to add, like, I know that we're talking about these different things that are happening in the church, but, you know, this actually is an amazing opportunity for the church to redefine what they're using as social justice Mm. from a scriptural point of view. But I'm also excited because this is an opportunity where we can redefine what they're saying social justice is Mm. from a scriptural point of view. Right. In the process, inspiring Christians to recommit in serving a God who shows particular concern for the least, the last, and the lost. I mean, this is just a great opportunity for us to really step into what God's calling us to. And and I think that's that's incredible. And I and I don't want that to be confusing that Christians, you know, that we don't have any compassion for what's going on out there. Um you know, um, we do have compassion and compassion, um, you know, it's, that, in us. it's, it's <laughs> in us. It's who we are, you know, but compassion doesn't come before justice. That's right. You know, um, it's with, it's with, with it. justice. It's, yes. If anything, it's with justice or it follows justice. Compassion does. So justice is compassion. It, it's compassion to the victims of crimes and their loved ones and, and to the criminal, because how can you improve or grow and be better as a person if you don't pay for your crime and take responsibility for what, what you've done? How do we learn? How do we learn? We learn 
by the mistakes that we make. Right. We can't be like, you know, we're both parents. Right. What do you do as a parent? You don't keep excusing your child's mistake. Right. But you have to show them that there are consequences right. for every decision that you make. No, absolutely. And I wouldn't be who I am today <laughs> if, if I didn't go through what I went through, you know, and, and I can honestly say that all my struggles, hurt and pain in life has come from being disobedient, from rejecting God in my life. But as soon as I submitted to that, right. boom, you know, the Holy Spirit convicts you in a way that helps you understand where you're wrong and what you need to fix Love God's in grace. yourself, yes. not pointing a finger. Oh, well, my dad was abusive. My dad used to beat me when I was a child. He, he did. But I'll tell you, I, I don't beat my son. I've never spanked my son because I've learned through that experience, uh, in my past that, that, you know, that's not who God is. And I want to image who, who God is. And that's, that's through love and, um, and justice and understanding that I first had to take responsibility for myself. You know um, what? That always makes me think of this because I, I think of this when I tell my kids sometimes when they come back and say, you know, because of this or that, like at the end of the day, at the end of the life, when you come before Jesus, you come before God, he's going to say, what did you do with my son? He's mm. not going to say, well, you know what? This has happened to you. Okay. I, I understand. No. What did you do with what I have given you? The Bible That's talks about so the parable good. of talents. Yeah. He didn't, you know, it's, he gave it to each person to right. see what they, they would, would do. do. That's right. That's right. And I always, you know, I don't want my son to ever go through what I went through. So as a Christian man, a Christian father, I am always trying to impress on him uh, the biblical understanding of love and what God is looking for, what God needs and what God wants and how we're to respond to these issues and scenarios in our lives. And, you know, with 16 year olds, their emotional baggage is heavy. They respond to everything emotionally. And for me, that was my struggle was my emotions as I was growing up. But if there's one thing I'm trying to instill in him, because it's the one thing that's going to help him ward off social justice and what the world is doing is son control your emotions your emotions are not the answer to everything i said son we're 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 good to have emotions god gave us emotions but emotions do not decide how we respond to things that we struggle with in this life that's good. Yeah. That's the inheritance. That's the legacy you want to leave your kids. We're yeah. not talking about money and material things. Those right. are the foundational things right there. That's good. Yeah. And I, I think that's that's so important. I wish someone would have told me that when I was 16. So so I don't, if we're still talking about, this is my toughness. Okay. I'm get just, it, girl. This is my toughness. Put your armor on. Put your armor on. <laughs> So I want to go real quick back to social justice. Um, and this is an example again from Bodie. Uh, he had mentioned this illustration that social justice is like this Trojan horse. Mm. And I really, really like that imagery that he presented, you know, that it's something fair, it's something equal. But when it opens up, it is in total opposition to what you thought Bible, I mean, sorry, uh, social justice right. was about. Right. That's so good. Um, hey, you know, we mentioned Vody Bakum a couple of times. I just want to 
Just want to give him a little plug. His book is out, Fault Lines. It's doing well. Oh, yeah, well. I got it. It's an inc- I got it. Yeah, it's an incredible book dealing with exactly what we're talking about today. So pick pick you up a copy. Maybe we'll get him on the show. Who knows? <laughs> so in any case, you know, because of the word of God, uh, you know, not being binding in the church no more, um, I, I think that I'm just incredibly grateful that we have such a uh, an incredible church that's standing up uh, for that for that today and um, loving that and just being a part of a tribe. Um, you know, we had an incredible event last week with uh, Bevlin Beatty yes, and Edeme Ch- Ch- Chavanis. Chavanis. She's <laughs> French, so Chavanis. Um, (laughs) beautiful ladies it was an incredible event and um, there was so much of this type of uh, discussion uh, last week so this is ever so fitting so just grateful for that and the bible says you are forgiven if you submit to jesus you will change your life and have a place in heaven it doesn't say you are free from any responsibility or claim to that responsibility and or crime and we have to be um understanding that even if the world gives us a pass through social justice for our crimes that our crimes will be answered to at some point um in heaven so we don't escape that um that crime that we will have to answer to it yeah and um you know as we are walking out in this world i know that as a church that for many of us we may lead or partner with those who are doing the work of social justice in the communities but we got to make sure that we're not confused about our ultimate mission Mm. and that's about fully embracing the cause of christ that is in discipleship it's about putting on your armor of god um, not being ignorant to spiritual warfare, because that's that's the founding of where we're seeing all these tools and trickeries. Mm. We know that perfect justice will come one day, and only by a perfect and holy God. So keep your eyes open. You have to know that in the meanwhile, evil is per- pervasive throughout our world. So we've got to make sure that we're fueled by the compassion of God Mm. and that we're pointing others to the one who heals, restores, and redeems, not by groups, by what God, the Holy Spirit, is leading you, impacting individual to individual to individual. Mm. So stay in prayer, get out of that comfort zone. Love it. And walk in wisdom. That's right. That's right. Preach on it, girl. Um, I, I kind of want to move into uh, critical race theory. I'm ready. Yeah. I'm let's, ready. Let's do it. Let's do it. Um, okay. Put your seatbelts on. This is that deepness. <laughs> Have a seat. Okay. So, you know, uh, this has become uh, a great part of our culture today. You know, the whole woke movement. You know, you want to know what the progressives call social justice. Well, we first need to understand what critical race theory looks like. Uh, some would say that this is a political correctness on steroids, but but it's not. It's actually a manifestation of a comprehensive and coherent theology rooted in something they call critical theory or critical race theory. 
So why should we care? I mean, as a church, because if we're going to reach people out there in the culture with the gospel, we're going to need to understand what it is that that these people are embracing. So we need to understand what it is within them that is supporting this movement uh, in an effort for us to understand how the gospel can be uh, shared, right? So we need to understand that. The second thing are... Um, Churches are, are partnering with this ideology and, and, um, uh, many churches or Christians are partnering with the same ideology, but we need to understand that critical theory is, is really kind of a mishmash or a goulash of many different types of theories, uh, put together. It's all the same agenda, but broken down into favorable, um, people groups, disadvantaged people groups. So there's cultural studies, post-colonialism, post-modernism, feminism, black feminism, queer theory, critical race theory, gender studies, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And the list goes on and on and it keeps growing. It's a mess. Yeah. Then... Uh, you know, we hear phrases like intersectionality, white privilege, white fragility, color blindness or colorblind racism, eternalized oppression, lived experience, hetero- heteronormativity, gender performativity, on and on and on and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And these are all just kind of coined phrases in an effort to point fingers away from what true justice is. Yeah. So you hearing all this, you can already see that this critical theory or critical race theory is complicated. I mean, I know for Robert and myself that we had to take some time to study it, to learn about it. And I want to encourage you to do the same thing. Yes. Because it's about how we participate in conversations with other. You mm. you hear this broad range that Robert just explained. And so to have this conversation, we need to look at how we're having it, especially with those outside of our own mindset, because... Um, they may have a different frame of reference or they use a different language. But in all of it, we know that it's become a vital contender in our culture today mm. in the way that injustice is being defined and how it's being prescribed to fight it. And I, I think that's incredible. And, you know, what are the ideas that produce these forms of thoughts? Well, there's four. There's four main ones. Number one is social binary. Number two is oppression through ideology. Number three is living experience. And number four is social justice. So social binary is the oppressed by race, gender, physical ability, sexuality, religion, nationalism, etc. Oppression through ideology is what's considered through the hegemonic powers, which are the people, hegemonic, which is the, the, the people group. The, uh, the, the people that dominate are, uh, f- forcing the narrative of their own ideology, uh, on, uh, to everyone to justify their own interests. 
uh, living experience is essentially because of the dominance that they have, the privilege that they have, that they're blinded, that they can't see the social issues going on because they're they're too privileged to see it. Uh, also, in the same way, the oppressor has a better understanding through a uh, living experience because they're inside of the society that's being oppressed. And number four, which is social justice, we already discussed, which is basically just the elimination of all forms of social oppression. Yeah, critical race theory. I mean, I know that, you know, getting your hands around this is looking into society at race. Mm. Um, and what's the goal of this? Uh, this type of thinking is to take what you see and you put it into groups of people. And mm -hmm. specifically, it's looking at black and white. Um, who has the power? Who is more oppressed? Who is using these powers to control the narrative over someone else? And how do we shift that narrative? How do we uproot the power of the dynamics of a particular group? You know, CRT is trying to define a problem. Define it according to its terms, provide a solution to the problem, and that's danger for many Christians who are adopting this framework because none of these problems or solutions are ever defined in Scripture. You know, they're looking at whiteness as the problem. Christianity says sin is the problem. Where CRT or critical race theory says anti-racism is the answer, but the problem is anti-racism, and I think you hit on it, Robert, is LGBT+, plus, feminist theory, right. and a lot of different other areas that they're considering is anti-racism, you know, that stands out against all these things. But we as Christian know righteousness is the answer. And that you have to get your heart aligned with Christ, having a relationship with Jesus, working out your personal mm. righteousness, and then extending that out to everyone else. That's how we're going to see change in our culture. I love that. And, and just to kind of expound on that, you know, God, uh, the Christian versus um critical race theory, I, I think you are spot on. And, and when we see Christianity, we see this from the form of creation, the fall, redemption, and restoration. So as Christians, we are made in the image of God, um, which is a beautiful thing. Praise God for that. Um, our fall is our, our rejection and our rebellion against an almighty God and yeah. creator, right? So we're, we're not submitted in, in our sin to who God is. Um, and then redemption, you know, we all need to be saved. All of us need to be saved. Um, not only the Christian, but everyone. Yeah, needs God, to be Jesus saved. came to save it. He died on that cross for everyone. Everybody. That's and, right. We're all created in right, the image of God. Right. And then restoration, which is yeah. which is Jesus' bride, the church being caught up in heaven to be with our Savior. That's beautiful. And our Creator, God. But critical theory has a, a very, so if we take a look at creation, fall, redemption, 
and restoration, we don't see this in critical theory. You know, in comparison, there's there's no creation for critical race theory. So they don't have a vertical relationship with God. Everything is very horizontal, and it's about these people groups that are battling and fighting for supremacy or dominance or control down here um, on Earth. And, um, you know, their fall... What, what is claimed is, you know, white supremacy, patriarchy, uh, heteronormality, toxic masculinity, classism, gender, race, all of that. Um, that's what holds them down, right? Uh, and then their redemption is uh, not Jesus, but to protest, to resist activism, education, and awareness. And their answer for everything, their restoration, is equity and power reversal and liberation and justice and diversity. So when we look at those things, we see why it doesn't work, why uh, Christian belief, why biblical understanding, biblical justice cannot marry with uh, critical race theory or social justice. So as a Christian, we would have to abandon all that we know to be in creation, fall, redemption, and restoration. We would have to set that aside in an effort to come together with critical race theory, which is totally yeah. opposite uh, of what we believe as a Christian. And, and we witness this out as we walk right now as Christians, because if you go up to somebody and you tell them that their beliefs, their values, and their behavior is wrong, well, you're doing a bad thing. Mm -hmm. And so how do you do evangelism? You know, what do you do with the Word of God? And as a church, that's the challenge of trying to work that out. And even as I've seen, you know, as people come to the church and, and they have the altar call and, you know, you, you baptize them and they read the word and they're kind of like, well, what else? I mean, the Bible is just telling me not to fornicate, not to do X, Y, Z. Then, then what do I do? And we're coming into a place where scripture now becomes oppressive. And I say this is because we haven't followed through in as a church, mm. you know, and I know I, I'm trying and I'm saying this, you know, really about the church. And unfortunately, I hate to tell you, we're in the situation we're in because we haven't fallen into the place that we're supposed to be, mm. you know. Does Christianity seem now as a oppressive religion because scripture said you shouldn't be in a relationship like this? Um, yeah, <laughs> it, it, it is a problem. And now you're going to be called all types of names if you make this, this statement, mm. you know, oh, you're being a racism, racist, or you're being labeled as this because you're sticking to Christian biblical standards. Um, I think that is the challenge that we're finding a lot in the church and maybe why some churches have kind of turned or are not stepping up or a lot of people in the church I am seeing are taking a stand and they're taking an, an aggressive stand to stand on the biblical principles of God. And, and I think that, um, you know, the, the progressives or the advocates, 
they're not adhering to any truth claims. Truth claims have no value. Because it's um, self-claims now. It, it's, yeah. You know. So statistics or history or science or medical, anything that is a truth claim against the agenda is, is, is null and void. You know, it's not part of the conversation anymore. We don't want to hear your truth claims. And, and I'll give you an example of how this works is if if I was a married man and I said, you know, when I spoke again, uh, out against abortion and I said, uh, you know, this is God. God says that, you know, life begins at conception, that it's a living life. God planned for that child to be born. God had a purpose and a plan. God knew him in the womb. Um God created him. God knew his name. Um, they would say, well, you know, you're just a man trying to protect your masculinity, trying to justify your masculinity. So it doesn't count. But if my wife were to speak against it, they, they would use the term, uh, eternalized oppression. You have internalized oppression and you just don't know it because that's what internalized impression, oppression is. It's you're, you're a woman, you're oppressed and, but you just don't understand that you're blinded by it. So that doesn't count. So you know what? I'm like this. Okay. I had this idea. I want to come against abortion. Where are the men? Like these, this is your baby. I I like you need to be a voice. The men, come on, stand up and just like, no, you are not going to abort my child. Like I don't see men like fighting for their children. Yeah. You know? And I think, I think a lot of that has to do with legislation too. I mean, um, Men can kick and scream, but legally, women have the final choice in decision. Um, and I don't know, honestly, if any man have tried to fight that in court or not. But um, I think women's body, my what is it? My body, my choice? Yeah. Well, we know the hypocrisy on that today. We'll talk about that another time. But that's that's really what we're seeing in... You know, no evidence or proof or no scripture, especially um, it, it, it doesn't count. None of it counts. So let, let me let me think about this. So critical race theory depends on the division of the oppressor and the oppressed. If there were one fundamental fundamental marker that would unite all of us as one across race, gender, sex, religion, classism, etc., um, would it not blow away the theory of critical race? And I know social- where you're going. Yeah. You know where I'm going, <laughs> right? So Christianity not only does this, but it gives three reasons. And this is for all of us, not just the Christian, but the non-believer and anyone who's ever walked this earth. Um, it's that gift for everyone. It's, it's the gift that keeps on giving. That's right. So it's, yes. So we are all created by God in God's image, all of us, whether you're Christian or not, and you want to believe that or not, you were created by God for purpose, calling and reason. That's absolute truth. That's absolute truth. truth. (laughs) Um, And number two, we've all fallen in sin. All of us, even the Christian, not just the social, uh, uh, the social justice advocate, critical race advocate. We are all in sin. We have all fallen in sin. We have solidarity with you in that. And thirdly, uh, redemption. 
So we've all uh, need a savior. We all need to be rescued. And we wonder why in, in this advocacy that you're in, why it's so hard, why every day it seems like a struggle, why every day you feel like you're fighting, uh, why every day you wonder who you are, what you're supposed to be. You don't even know what gender you are or, you know, you're trying to find your place in this world and in this earth and you want to have an understanding as to what is the meaning of your life. Well, I'm telling you right now, Jesus will answer that question for you. Amen. He already has. Um, stop ignoring it. Stop wondering. You want peace. You want hope. You want love in your life. You want to be accepted. Jesus has already done that work for you. He's answered that question for you already when he said on the cross before he died, it is finished not just for the Christian, not just for the believer, but for everyone. We've all been invited. All of us have gotten an invitation. And I'm just wondering why some have accepted that invitation and some haven't. And just to find peace in that, yeah. you know, there's a peace to know that Every wonderful, beautiful, amazing, great thing about you has already been set. It's already been founded. Mm -hmm. In fact, I think we're the ones that work against all of it yeah. because we're working against the beautiful creation that was made in us. And, you know, I kind of look at it as this because I've seen it in the Bible over and over again. Um, if people are born with sin and people build a society, that society will be structured in ways that reinforce whatever sin dominates the hearts of those who build it. Therefore, if many hearts change a few generations later and those structures that have been built in it still permeates. Permeates. Permeates, that's right. <laughs> and so the problem that 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 society has will still be there because the original sin is there. Mm, that's so good. Preach it, mama. Preach it. <laughs> Get your preach on, girl. Um, well, I, I love it. And I know that there is so much more to this and we can't hit on every it's single. Deep. You got it. I please, I'm, I'm praying just go and, do it make sure you get we'll have some references that you can go yeah. to and check out and really just be awoken to a lot of these things pray about it yes seek the lord about it um and and make sure you're attentive don't sleep through this right right and um you know i had to spend a lot of time just to give you this little bit of information that we could and we don't have all day but um i love what you said nanette go out you know, take every word captive. Um, if you're a Bible believing Christian, let's, um, let's get into the word. Let's pray about this. You know, let's, let's find out, you know, through the spirit, um, where am I supposed to be? How am I supposed to respond? But understand this by you not doing nothing and laying down, you've already answered that. And all that does is um, advocate for the social justice movement. Yeah. And I want to just kind of end it 
my part like real quick with uh, someone who I did research out. Her name is Monique Dutson. The last name is D-U-S-O-N. And she says, if Christians don't get involved in calling out injustice and seeking to redress it, we abdicate that influence to other forces. We're seeing that now that are hostile to true justice and God's offer for real salvation and redemption for the world. Further, if we don't accurately display God's character that defines true justice, we offer only a warped and failed representation of God to the world. Mm. I thought that was amazing. That's to the point. That is, that gives me the chills. That is <laughs> She'll so give you good. the chills and that the moves and the shakes. She does. <laughs> um, so I love that. And we can't go silent. So we already know how big this is. Um, but it doesn't mean that uh, it's over. Right. We, we God is here. God is with us. God is fighting with us. And, um, you know, in Jude, it says that we must contend for our faith. Amen. So we're not going to give up and we're not going to lay down. We are uncompromised Christians, That's not right. yielding to the masses. We will stand up firm for the word of God because we believe that Jesus Christ is our, uh, our savior. And uh, we're we're gonna speak about that. We love we loved you. We love you, Jesus. Preach, preach it. That's we love right. you, Jesus. So hey guys, thanks for joining us again today. Uh, be on the lookout because Timothy Alden, Ooh, the man, yes. the power, will yes. be here on our next podcast. He's amazing. Amazing. You guys are going to love this. Uh, he has an incredible book out. We're going to share more of that when he's here and talk about that. But we love you. This is Uncompromised Christians and we are signing out. Yes. And just real quick, thank you all for kind of staying with us in this conversation. It was deep. It was good and impactful. Please make sure you follow us on social media. We are on Facebook. We are on Instagram. Our webpage is coming out soon. And just in case you're interested, we do have an uncompromised t-shirt available for you too. And we will have more merchandise, but our uncompromised t-shirts are out. You can message us on Facebook, send us your information, and we'll get that out to you. And we're available on all podcast formats. So Look us up, Uncompromised Christians. Love you guys. Love you. Thank you. Bless you. Bye-bye.